Hello and welcome to Windy Apple Sports Talk here live from Home Props 100 before. 100 before. Yep. All right, we got it right this time. Uh, I'm Sean alongside Chris and Mike, and uh, dishwasher stopped, and we're ready to go. Going back to the uh, the original roots, Sunday nights starting here at nine o'clock. I think before was it a seven thirty or eight thirty slot? Uh, eight thirty slot, eight thirty five kickoff. A uh, little delay from. Not only a dishwasher, but uh, Mike eating some nice pasta and meatballs uh, out of the serving bowl, notably. Uh, power move there. I think, I think we also upgraded on a... Pittsburgh, 
they if they won and obviously they did and they covered the seven and a half point spread now anyone that bet that gets a free Pramonti brothers sandwich um tomorrow for victory monday so i think that was a really cool bet um you know not a lot of in-depth analysis there about the sports game or the game but um you know free victory victory monday Pramonti brothers sandwiches which are some of the best sandwiches i've ever had they just load that thing up with fries it's literally like diabetes in one thing like it's fries you have like i don't know roast beef turkey lettuce tomato just piled high and you kind of like a deep dish where you deep dish pizza where you kind of need a fork and knife it i think that's kind of a sandwich you need a fork and knife as well but great game and victory monday capped off with some Promonte brothers yeah definitely this one uh i don't see us at a point they played the irrelevant eagles um <laughs> the they were the division leader there for a second but uh Steelers get it done. Uh, Claypool with the monster day and uh, some free sandwiches. Speaking of sandwiches, a little bit of sidetrack here. Uh, Mike thinks he's discovered a uh, rock salad Italian deli in the area. Um, What's the name of it? Free, quick quick shout out. Yeah, quick shout out. It's Antonella's uh, right by uh, Home Props. Get myself a nice meatball sub there every day after school. So, yeah, shout out to local businesses. That's awesome. I'm probably going to end up going in with you tomorrow. But, yeah, every single time you come back, that sandwich, delicious. Yeah, Hopefully, Permonte Brothers makes a place around here to complement that meatball sandwich. You can go yin and yang off days with uh, Permonte Brothers and a meatball sub. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to put the, uh, the sandwich to the test soon. It talks a big game. It looks very good. And it's got that look to it. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see. But we'll keep everyone posted on that one. But uh, we may have found a New York, New Jersey, Northeast deli uh, here in the middle of Pennsylvania. We need a we need a bagel shop now. That's everyone everyone from New Jersey always hypes up bagels. Is that do you guys get that as well? Like, is there great New York bagel? Like, a, New York has fantastic bagel, bagels as well, right? Yep, New York bagels is a thing. Um, is that anything come close around here, or nothing comes close? Can't say I've had a bagel around here. I think I had one in the uh, in the spit freshman year, and I said never again. You know what I think is terrible around here? Uh, ever, and I see this all throughout the airports and whatever. I see so many Philly pretzel shops, and I never have got that. Like, they're very cold. They're just, like, basic pretzel. Yeah, they're, like, okay. But, like, I, I don't know. I've had New Jersey bagel, and I can tell a difference between New Jersey bagel and or New York New Jersey bagel and just, like, a non-bagel. Like, I don't know. A bagel I would get back home. There's a difference. The pretzels here, I feel like they're the same thing. Am I wrong or no? Uh, I'd have to agree. I'm not really a big pretzel guy, but I'd have to agree with you. It sort of tastes the same. If I have one at a baseball game, have one out of the freezer, have one here. Yeah. I feel like it's sort of they just they want their thing, like New York pizza, New York, New Jersey bagels, New Jersey pork roll. Yeah, they're forcing something there. They're, that's they're, the like, force. they're like, oh, we, we've got Philly cheesesteak. We need something else. Yeah. Um, not buying the hype. Uh but hey, if you got a pretzel who wants to try, we will uh, we'll gladly take you up on that offer. Yes. Uh, running around the league, uh, big shocker today: the Raiders take down the Chiefs, forty to thirty-two. Uh, Derek Carr connecting on three long bombs, two of which were to Henry Rux, who finished two receptions for one hundred and eighteen yards. Um, they look very good, and the Chiefs had the normal Chiefs game where they they look okay. And he was waiting for them to turn it on, waiting for them to turn it on, waiting for them to take the victory, and they just couldn't get it going. Uh, so they fall to 4-1 on the season. Um, around the rest of the league, uh, Falcons lost again. Dan Quinn's probably going to get fired. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looks very good. Uh, the Cardinals beat the Jets. Uh, I forgot who it was. Someone referred to the Jets today as the homecoming team, mm-hmm. like the team that you play when like all the parents are there and all the fans are there and you want to win by 100. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that's uh, that's an accurate representation. At least my K. Our Giants, their own five, but you can. We've had some respect in the past, and we've 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 seen that you know the glimpses of Giants playoff games. Exactly, we can be. Uh, you have Super Bowls in your dependent. memories. You yeah, have Super Bowls. They have butt fumbles in their memories. That's that's about it for them. Yeah, exactly. We uh, we got something to hold our hat on here. Uh, but keep moving around the league. Uh, we got the Rams taking down the Washington Redskins, uh, Washington Dinosaurs, excuse me, mm. uh, 30 to 10. Uh, notable here, Alex Smith uh, came in the game after Kyle Allen got knocked out. Um, first game in two years after a gruesome leg injury. Uh, so good to see that from him. Uh, good guy, really bad team. Uh, but good to see he's back on the field after the uh, long, tough rehab. Yeah. 
Um, shifting over to the Dolphins 49ers. Look, this was a weird game. I, I think Fitzpatrick goes off, you know, probably one to three times a year. And this is just one of them where he just went on an absolute tear today. My, one of my best friends from back home, big Dolphin fan, and he was buying into the MVP hype for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So there's that. Um, but yeah, that was such a dominant win. Jimmy Garoppolo got benched. Yeah, that was very strange. Bench to protect him. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're coming off trip to the Super Bowl. You haven't looked so great this year. Granted, most of your team's hurt. But even still, I don't know. But the Dolphins, yeah, in convincing fashion getting it done. I would say that, you know, the Browns have been a very surprising team this year. I don't know what to make of them. I want to buy into the hype. But then again, Baker Mayfield. I mean, is someone, do you, do you trust them at this point in his career? Been in the league for a few years. We've seen glimpses of him being very good. But... We do know that the floor is a pretty deep floor. So, I don't know. What do you guys think, Chris? They're in your division. They, they scare you as a Steelers fan? The Ravens, the Browns? I mean, between those two teams who... I, I assume you'd think the Ravens, but... The yeah. Browns, do the Browns scare you at all? No. And I'll tell you why. Because there's stats out there that, um, you know, the Browns have maybe won three to five games against us over the past 10 years or so maybe a little bit longer um and that's just a guess because i know that it's rougher like around that um win percentage but i'm not as scared of the browns i think they are little brothers just like the cubs would be with the brewers i've never been scared of them i just refuse to be until they prove to beat us until they try to sweep us in a regular season series i will never be scared of the browns i think they definitely have an upgrade in coaching staff this year with Stefanski. Um, and I think last year's coach, I'm blanking on the guy, but that guy did not know. Yeah. yeah, Kitchens. He did not know what he's doing. So you literally put anyone like qualified there and like they have the pieces, right? They have Landry, they have Beckham. Um, Kareem Hunt was amazing with KC. Now he gets the full job with Chubb being in the IR. Baker, as you said, he's a hit or miss. But if you surround him with a lot of these weapons, he's going to look decent. Defense looks all right. I mean, they're giving up a ton of points, but that offense can score. They just don't do it for me. I think the Ravens are the biggest concern. Um, as you, you saw today with the 27-3 win against the Bengals. Bengals, I just feel bad for Joe Burrow. I think their main goal is just to make him healthy and just restock with draft um, going forward. But, yeah, interesting games with the Browns winning today. Um, against the Colts and the Colts are, you know, no pushover. They're a good team. Um, so the Browns did go to four to one, same as the Ravens. Um, that AFC North looks really competitive right now, you know, excluding the 0-5 Bengals or the one, no, excuse me, the one, three and one Bengals. Hey, the Bengals would be, uh, well, now the Cowboys win today. They would be second place in the NFC East. Um, that's all he needs to know. But Chris, I sort of feel like the Browns and the Bears sort of in that same category, very strong record. They've shown spurts and flashes, but it's going to be interesting to see come a month from now, like who they actually are, if they're able to keep this up and uh, really take it to the next level. Yeah, do you guys think the Bills fill in that category too, or do you think they're more legit tier where they're, you know, no questions about it, they're going to be fine, and that's these wins are not um, debatable or, you know, not as strong as you would like? you think they're like the Bears and um, the Browns, or do you think they're, you know, a tier above? I mean, for me personally, I think they are in that tier. I would not put them step above, only because we have seen, you know, signs of this year of them struggling to close out games against the Rams. Um, Josh Allen, I think, is a good quarterback, but I, I mean, even like when I look at their their roster, they don't. I mean, they have they've been putting up the yards, putting up the numbers, but the guys they have, I mean, aren't guys who are going to blow you away on 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 paper. I mean, it just seems like the system might be what's going really well there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would put them in that category and the vision to see, uh, against a good team, uh, this week, if they can, uh, get over that hurdle and then maybe, um, if they do, I put them maybe a step above, but until then, gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. I, I don't know. They're the type of team where you could put them in this category, but I'm going to give them a step up just simply because the rest of the division, um, the Dolphins came out look really great today, but I don't think they're a playoff team. The Jets, the homecoming team like we talked about, they still have two games against the Jets. Uh, 
And the Patriots, even though they're going to be good with Cam Newton, uh, they've already lost a couple games and the whole COVID thing, they're going to have to make up another game. The team has made the practice a lot. So I think they're going to be all over the place. But this Bills team, I think, is sort of that attitude of, hey, like, Tom Brady's gone. Like, we can step up. We can do this. And I think they win the division. I think they can go far in the playoffs if Josh Allen stays this good. Uh, he's been playing an MVP level, but we'll see if he can keep that up. Um, and I guess out of those teams, the the Bears, the Bills, and the Browns. Browns yeah, there yeah. we go. Bears, Bills, Browns, all beasts. Hmm. Um, I think I'd take Allen if I had to take one of these quarterbacks. And granted, Baker is going to be the one with the highest stock, being the one pick a couple years ago. Uh, and then we don't, we don't mention Mitch, so we'll just say Nick Foles. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's who I'd go with. Um, and then also the Titans getting back in the field after two weeks off now, um, or a week off. So they'll, uh, be able to get back out there with a three, and zero record as well. See if Derrick Henry can run all over the place. So I think that pretty much wraps up the NFL. Any final comments before we move on to, uh, baseball? No, looking forward to my victory Monday, Primo, or, uh, Excuse me, for Monty Brothers sandwich tomorrow. I might ha- may have to make out the five-hour drive to Pittsburgh to, to have one. Hey, I mean, with the uh, online class, you can get it done. Exactly. Go, go to CrossFit, just get in the car, and then off you go. Exactly. All right, so now on to baseball. Um, bottom of the fifth right now, 1-1, Astros, Rays. Uh, Mike, it's time. We're going to have to talk about it. Unfortunately, yeah, we'll have to talk about it. So, uh, since our last, well, we had a couple weeks off. Uh, Chris went to Chicago for a couple of interviews, got a job, congratulations. Thank you. Um, something else happened last week. So, we're back after a couple of weeks. When we last spoke, uh, yeah, this is the problem having a big TV. We got puppies <laughs> and food. And, There's a dog that is the cutest dog ever, just popped up on the screen. Yeah, I, I look up, Chris pointed at the TV, I see a couple of really cute dogs, and some, like... <laughs> we could be in the market for a dog in uh, 100 B4, so yeah, there, that, was, that was the... There's ruminations circling that we might be on the lookout for a dog. Now, okay, before we get to baseball, let's talk about this. I've been wanting to address this for a while. So, dogs, very cute, very cool, very fun. Yes. But, like, who's going to take care of the dog and watch the dog, like, when you're in class or when you're, like doing stuff and see that's the beauty of the dog where and the beauty of working from home where we uh we have the option to be here for a lot of our classes so it wouldn't really be a detriment to either one of our learning experiences i think it would only enhance it by making us more productive by taking yeah, care of the dog motivated, yeah, yeah more of some you know, skills of time management yeah and it works out perfectly because i think three of the days you're all totally online and yeah. two of them are i'm online for one day so yeah it balances itself out yeah, it's like a third roommate, but exactly. All right, and a one that we can play with. Very cute. Go for walks. You know, we won't talk about using the restroom in the house, but beyond that, such a loving animal. And who doesn't want a dog? Hey, dogs are very, very cute. But uh, if you do end up getting a dog, it'd be very funny to see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't get a puppy to avoid training it, or we would get a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. The cuteness level would be yeah. times a million if we got a puppy. So, a puppy for sure. Yeah, definitely. Jeez, we've already got the uh, the massive TV. We have a puppy running around here. There's no chance to get anything done. <laughs> yeah, no. It would, this would not be a productive place at all. But hey, it would be because we'll get our work done and we'll make sure to take care of the dog really well, and be it'd be amazing. So. So uh, I guess we'll keep you updated on the puppy. Um, as you can tell, uh, Chris and Mike are very in on the puppy plan. Uh, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if that gets done. Uh, rumor has it they want, I believe it was the boxer is what you're talking about, or what was the tiny dog? The... Um, I'm blanking on the dog's name, or the dog type now. It was the uh, French Bulldog. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we, we look at a bunch of, like, small dogs. So, yeah. yeah, that was one of the ones that came up. Yeah. So there's, there's options. But, uh, yeah, that's some more somber news, and I, I'd love to hear this. Not not for me. It's very joyful for me because I was rooting for the, the Rays. I was, I was really tempted to buy a Rays hat, if I'm being honest with you. I was at a store, and I was so close to purchasing it just to, for the banter. But um, what, what, what number of hat would that be for MLB teams for you? <laughs> Upwards of 15 or right so, 15? Well, okay, so that would be three. No, that would be the fourth. So I – when I was t-balling it, I was on the Cardinals, right? Which is looking back on it, 
my my dad always hated that I was on the Cardinals. My grandpa could not stand that I was on the Cardinals. I used to be. <laughs> this is funny. I used to like the Cardinals. I used to show my family and like the Cardinals, and I used to love Albert Pujols for a bit, for a bit. Oh, and then I got God. some senses into me. This was like this was like second. <laughs> this is like first and second grade. We're like, you don't know anything. <laughs> this guy's crying over here. If you're unaware of, you know, the joke behind, you know, Chris <laughs> and his teams, he likes about half the league. <laughs> he goes back and forth between who's playing who and, you yeah. know, if he's, go, if he's you know, we're at Phil Nova, he likes the Eagles now, Steelers, <laughs> Bears, throwing the Packers. I mean, any, any team. So that, that's the running joke we have here. Okay, so with the T-ball, okay, that, that, that was not first or second grade. It was like when Louie was like – four to six something like that so maybe first grade but i think it was around like preschool to kindergarten level so you know spare me there because at preschool you like anyone right and like i was repping my the cardinals so i was like all right i like albert pujols then i got the senses and i i woke them to reality when i went to wrigley field and my whole family's a cubs fan family so i was like all right i'm gonna be a cubs fan that, um, that must have been a rough transition going from albert pujols to the uh the sorry Cubs in like the yeah. mid two thousands. Yeah, no. So that, that's funny that you mentioned that. We were talking about hats, um, and then I so I played a uh, like a high school league senior year, graduating into into Nova, and we were given the options of either being the White Sox, which God knows who would ever want to be the White Sox, or the Yankees. So I have a Yankees hat as well. So and obviously Cubs. So Cubs, Yankees. And Cardinals, um, you know, should I just make it a tri or a quad? What is the, whatever the word is, and just go with the Dodgers now because I feel like I'm hitting all the the home main markets. Maybe them and the Red Sox next. All right, uh, before Chris incriminated himself there, calling himself <laughs> a Cardinals fan. Um, so when I was young, when I was young. So yeah, the last time we talked, uh, I believe the Mets would have had to win every single game the rest of the way. Um, I think they lost every single game. Uh, the Cubs lost in the playoffs to the Marlins. Uh, so we're not really talking place to strength here, but we got uh, the Yanks are dead. Um, so the Rays took him down. Mike Brasso with a clutch home run off Chapman after he buzzed his tower in game one. Uh, great story there. Undrafted guy hitting the uh, go at a home run uh, to win the game. But, Mike, what do you see out of the Yanks, not only in the playoffs, um, but I guess the season as a whole, your thoughts, where you're going forward, and I guess things of that nature. It's one of those things where going into the series, I was so confident. I'm like, we have Garrett Cole on the mound. We're going to win game one. We did. And then we get into game two where we're not starting Tanaka. We're starting Davey Garcia, Jay Happ, and it goes downhill from there. Um, can't hit the ball inconsistently. It's, again – Something the Yankees have been, you know, in the past, relying on the home run ball. And it's honestly seemed like a lot of the runs we score on the Rays are only on the home run ball. And our pitchers also let up a lot of home runs. Um, bullpen, again, people like Adovino came to the Yankees, thought he was going to be a stubborn in the bullpen. Couldn't, couldn't even pitch him. We were scared to pitch him in the postseason. Um, Tommy Camley out for the year. So, really, the only reliable guy has been the bullpen were Chad Green, Zach Britton, and then Chapman. Um, it's hard to win a series that has five games in a row, uh, relying on three uh, you know, guys you, you can rely on. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, again, it seems to be the Yankees thing. We need more pitching, more pitching. Trevor Bauer's out there. Don't know if he'll come to, to us, but as a whole, I'm not going to be mad. Some players who you know, I wasn't expecting a lot out of, um, actually performed very well. Kyle Higashioka stepping in for Gary Sanchez, who had a horrible season um, with some clutch. Uh, Higgy had some clutch uh, home run uh, in the playoffs, some clutch hits, looked really good behind the plate. Uh, LeMahieu, a lot of clutch hits would happen. Urshela, the MVP of the postseason for us. Guy, made, guy did everything from hitting the ball to uh, key situations to making key plays in the field. Um, Judge did not come up clutch in the postseason. Um, so we're we'll interested to see next year. Basically, got to give DJ LeMahieu a blank check as he will be a free agent. It's got to be priority number one. But yeah, I don't know. Going forward, I still see us as a 
World Series contender. I'm add more pieces, but yeah, very disappointing. The Elms did not didn't do us any favors that series. I'll, I'll go there. A lot of very questionable calls, uh, especially at the home plate umpire. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, CB Buckner is uh, one of those guys. But yeah, the Yanks once again. The pitching actually got it done there in the elimination game. But as you mentioned, they couldn't come through the clutch hit. And uh, ultimately, I feel like Aroldis Chapman is notorious for blowing these leads. I mean, obviously the one that sticks out is the one well, with the Cubs, Chris. But I don't know. This bullpen, as you mentioned, like Adovino looks filthy, but very hittable. Uh, Britain, it wasn't as great as he was. And as you mentioned, Canely out of the year and all the injuries really got to them. Um, but, hey, guys like Luke Voigt, G.R. Shella, great, great years. I can't even say his name. I, I'll just botch it. I'll call him Kyle behind the plate. Um, Higashioka? Yeah, there you go. Close enough. Uh, yeah, Gary Sanchez is atrocious. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see because, as you mentioned, LeMay, he's a free agent. And uh, I don't know. Can uh, Uncle Steve Cohen pry him out, pry him across town, send you uh, an old Robinson Cano? Yeah, what do, you, what do you think his market value is at? Is he over $100 million? I know, given his eight, like last contract, it was in the 60s, I want to guess. No, well, Mayhew's last contract was two years, $24 million. Oh, really? Yeah, very. I thought, I thought it was like a four or five year, $60 million range. I, I guess I'm wrong, but yeah, that, uh, this, I guess this, this one would probably be 80. I, I mean, I, I, as the Yankees fan, I'm fine giving him a blank check because. All he does for us, leadoff hitter. What age is he? Time and time again, getting, getting on base, um, making plays in the field. He's just, the player does it all. And he's someone who puts his head down. He's not an outsp- super outspoken guy, but comes into every game and just gets gets the job done. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I, would, I would sign him again before I even got another pitcher. I think he's that important to our, to our team. And as a team who sh- that does strike out a lot and does have hitters who you know rely on the home run ball, Having a guy like that in the lineup uh, is very important. Yeah, 31 years old, uh, heading into this contract year, coming off a full season where he hit 327 with 26 bombs, 102 RBIs, won the batting title this year. I'd agree with you, Mike. I'd prioritize him over everything else, but the Yankees do need to shore up that rotation for sure, as do my Mets, which is going to be a huge issue. Um, Not a lot of pitching on the market. Obviously, Bauer's out there, but he's going to try to sign a one-year deal, max out. So we'll see who wins the bidding war there. But uh, since we're talking about contract size, for one of my uh, classes, I'm actually trying to build a model to predict like how much an MLB player should be paid. That's awesome. So uh, do you like have to you like use this just a basic like analytics for like uh, I guess just like basic stats for each person? Do you pick up like a person and then build the model off that, or how does that go? Yeah. So I took every. This is what I was shocked about too. I can actually pull this up now. Um, because it's actually shocking, like some of these players that got contracts. So yeah. I looked at um, every player who's gotten a contract over $70 million, which, well, first, I talk about pitchers. You can't do pitchers and position players. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of these guys that got these big deals, uh, you'd be very surprised. Um, my my favorite one has to be Rusni Castillo on the Red Sox. Mm. Um, he's still in AAA. He's 31. They mm. signed him out of Cuba, and he never made it. Um, but let's see. Uh, Chris Davis, $161 million. Jason Hayward, $184 million. Um, let's see. Who else we got here? Eric- did, did the stats and like did the model like show that it was like a wrong signing or like a poor signing? I don't um, think it takes stats to tell you that Jason Hayward was a terrible signing. Yeah, just the, <laughs> just the eye test there gets it done. But now I haven't built the model yet. I just, I just collected the data from baseball reference. But gotcha. J- Jacoby Ellsbury, $153 million. Sin Shu Chu, $130 million. That was worth it. He's a beast. I, I like him. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Some other bad. Kyle Seeger, $100 million. Pablo Sandoval, $96 million. Ryan Howard of the Phillies. Yeah, that didn't work out either. Ryan Howard, $125. Uh, what else we got here? There are a couple of really, really terrible ones. Tessitz just kills me. God, looking at these contracts. We paid him $185 million. I, one of them he opted out of, but $185 million he would have, and he played maybe a season and a half. <sighs> Hanley Ramirez, Brian McCann, another one. There we go. Um, Carlos Gonzalez, he used to be very good. Yeah, Fargo, uh, and he Fargo, just disappeared. Yeah. Really did. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I'll, uh, I guess I'll keep everyone posted on that, but 
Yeah, I was shocked. I'm, I'm literally digging through baseball reference looking at stats, and uh, the contract year looks real. I mean, these guys, some of these guys come out like Grant, like the the Harpers, the Stans, the Machados, like you sort of ignore it, but like a guy like Jacoby Ellsbury got paid off one year and then didn't really work out. Um, Jason Worth, that's another name too. Uh, but anyway, back, uh, back to what we were talking about. Um, baseball, uh, LeMahieu uh, could walk from the Yanks, probably not. They'll probably lock him up. Uh, but I guess heading on to the rest of the league. So, I mean, Mike here claims that he's an Astros fan now, so we'll go with that. Uh, but, Chris, did we pull up the Rays here? Um, oh, big time. I think everyone in the world, besides, unless you're a fan of one of these teams, is a Rays fan. Between the Astros with the uh, the whole like trash can banging sign stealing thing, the Dodgers just being the Dodgers and the Braves just being the Braves. I mean, they're in my division, so I don't like them. Um, I'm, I'm not like Chris here; he's a Cardinals fan apparently. <laughs> um, but but yeah, the Rays actually up two one now took the lead. Um, do you think a Rays team like this can get by the Astros? Not granted, they had a weak year. Uh, the Astros did, but they still have the championship pedigree and they're playing with the chip on their shoulder after that whole investigation and things of that nature. Yeah, I think the Astros, I think Dusty Baker, as much as I despise him, um, he, his first year, always does really well with getting the most out of his star players. And as you can see, he does it again here in the, uh, with the Astros. He did it with Nationals. Um, he did it with the Cubs. Uh, I think he did it with the Marlins as well. He's always done it where he brought out like the best uh, out of um, his star players his first year. So it doesn't really surprise me that the Astros are in this position. However, I think Tampa Bay, just having watched, I'm going to be honest, I did not know a lot of players going into the the Rays-Yankees series because, you know, a lot of the hitters are like G-Man Choi, for instance. I had no clue who that guy was. As you can hear in the background, our our Washington is uh wrapping up but um you know i wasn't didn't know a lot of the race hitters but they looked you know really professional at bats and like they just looked confident at the plate and they looked like they've been there before where i know a lot of them haven't and i think their bullpen and pitching um was pretty phenomenal um you know looking at that last game against the yankees only giving up one run against that offense um pretty phenomenal so i think uh I, I think the uh, all of America besides Houston's rooting for the race here. I saw a poll today where um, it had four options, like root for the Rays, you're a Yays fan, Rays fan, root for the Rays, you're not a Rays fan, root for the Astros, you're an Astros fan, root for the Astros, you're not an Astros fan. I think it was close to 85% was root for the Rays, not a Rays fan. So definitely have the stats backing up that America wants the Rays here, and I'm a part of that as well. Yeah, I mean, a, a likable team. They got there in 2008, couldn't get it done with the Phillies ultimately getting uh, the World Series title. But uh, well, I see Mike Wentz here as I bring up the Rays stats. Uh, a Rosa Reina. Uh, this guy, a rookie coming up, I mean, he like is a prospect, whatever. Like He's pretty good, not like a top-end prospect. Um, but he, he was out for like a month with COVID and then just absolutely tears up the Yankees and uh, – Really, really great series out of him. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer uh, looked great in the outfield, as always. Um, just the entire team, as Chris mentioned, like none of these guys in the lineup are big-name guys. We got uh, Mike's favorite, Willie Adamas. Um, Mike Brasso, the hero of the series. Manuel Margot is a defensive replacement. Um, but this team is solid pitching. They get it done with the bats. And guys like G-Man Choi, who like name might, name might not resonate with everyone, but very, very strong players who uh, just get the job done. Yeah, so, I mean, and then I guess if we have nothing to talk about with the, the rest of the AL, we can switch it over to the the NL and talk about how hot the Dodgers and Braves have been. And I think that's going to be a phenomenal series. I think uh, the Padres versus Dodgers was a fantastic series. Um, I think the Padres are knocking on the door a lot there, and they just couldn't get couldn't get it done. But um, that, that Dodgers team, feel like we always say this, but I think this year, very legit. Like, they have a lot going for them, whether it be their amazing pitching staff or, you know, that incredible lineup that they post. I think this is as good as it's going to get for <clears throat> L.A. because they are uh, red hot, and I don't think they're looking to slow down anytime soon. 
I mean, I will say that a lot of people are overlooking the Braves. I said earlier in the playoffs that they should be a team to look out for. They do have the pitching. Uh, was it Max Freed has been you know, a guy who came into the year, was the number two pitcher behind Soroka, um, stepped up and has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, they do have the young players, similar to like the Padres. They have the young talents, uh, Ozzy and Acuna, but they also have guys like Freddie Freeman who can – uh, you know, pick the game up and come up with a clutch at bat. And yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be a little biased. I think, I think the Braves can take it and the Dodgers, they did look good. They're starting pitchers and they have three guys who are all very capable and very good starters, but I don't know. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Braves uh, and they were not really talked about on the playoffs at all. And they've been taking care of business pretty handedly. They really have. They've been playing very well, but this Dodgers team is just, there's something else. I mean, if they can't get it done this year, they, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can blame the few the few prior years on uh, the whole Astro scandal and say bad luck and this and that. But I mean, title or bust, that's title or bust. You got you got bets now running running the outfield. Uh, this is Kershaw's best shot to get a title, and we'll see if they can get it done. But like Mike said, the Braves they may be a young team. But they are very, very good. Uh, Cunha and Albies can take over a series. Freddie Freeman should win the MVP. Max Fried is absolutely filthy. And uh, the bullpen gets it done. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how things develop. I'm going to go with a Rays-Dodgers World Series, just out of my spite for the other two teams, with the uh, the Rays coming out on top. I, uh, I'll agree with you up until the Rays-Dodgers um, decisive or deciding – who to win there. I think the Dodgers end up winning it finally this year. I think Kershaw gets over the edge, but yeah, rooting for Rays Dodgers championship. Uh, yeah, I think Astros, uh, Braves, and I would say Braves, uh, in five. Wow. Braves in five. Wow. Braves over Astros. Yep. That is outrageous. Yep. Good thing I'm going to have to buy my race at along with my Dodgers hat, so I, I can't lose when, when the championship happens. Yeah, Chris, you're arbitraging with uh, hats. You uh, you got to love it. <laughs> um, but more shocking there is Mike saying that the Dodgers are going to lose. I mean, I don't like the Dodgers or the Braves, so, I mean, I guess I'll just root for the Rays. Uh, but I guess that'll be interesting. Uh, the Dodgers will – you think Mike, – Mike thought the Yankees were tied or bust. The Dodgers are 100% in that category yeah. for sure. Uh, so we'll follow the playoffs as they go along. Uh, World Series will be decided probably in a week or so. And then uh, after that, it'll just be uh, the coronation as the Mets have Steve Cohen and we're going to sign all the best players in the world. But uh, I think that's all for baseball, right? Yeah. I think so. Uh, on to the NBA, I guess. Um, so what's the score now? Um, uh, it was 92 to 69 uh, Lakers. Yeah, not close. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Miami got this far. To be honest, um, I thought it was going to be a lot worse. But Jimmy Butler really, really came out in games. Uh, to you know, what was his first really big game? The forty point triple double game three. Game three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Game three and game five played unbelievably. Um, but this Lakers team just too much uh, for the Heat to handle. The West is a different animal than the East. And uh, yeah, LeBron gets another title, which I'm not thrilled about, but. Um, I guess it's very strange to be rooting for a team like the Heat as like an underdog and the, like a notorious franchise who's won plenty of titles. Um, obviously, the most recent memory of LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, but even before that was Shaq. Um, it's kind of strange how I guess a team like this, you, I guess you can put them in the Yankee category, Mike, like where like I guess they won, but not in a while. Uh, so I guess they're not as hated as usual. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I'd say that you know, even some uh, people who you know are not necessarily Lakers fans could be pulling for them because what happened with Kobe and everything that was going on with that. And I think that they're not the hated team that they were in the past. They ha like you said, they've been kind of not irrelevant, but not 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 the Lakers that people are used to. Um, however, the Heat team has been exciting to watch. Tyler Hero has been very exciting in the playoffs. Duncan Robinson. They have uh, a lot of young guys with uh, Jimmy Butler as their leader. Um, yeah, so it's been an exciting team to watch. Um, I think they'll be good for a few years to come. Yeah, I think I've been, I've personally been like a little tuned out this 
postseason for NBA. I don't know why. You know, I think there's a great element with the fans, but you know, that can be said for NFL or NHL. Something with NBA right now, I don't know. Just not been um, too in like exciting to watch. Um, I feel like it's just the same old story with LeBron in the finals. And I, I think anyone could call this game six defeat today. I think I was talking to Will, Will Tierney yesterday or the day before, and we just predicted like a blowout win here as they're doing. I think, uh, I don't know. I think that's shown in the ratings as well. I think the ratings have been very poor this postseason. Um, you know, a lot of the same um, players and just the same routine that, that we've seen for so long. And that's, I mean, I guess that's just goes to show how strong LeBron's career has been. But um, I don't know. I was hoping the Heat, but I don't think they have enough firepower, and especially with those injuries game one um, to Adebayo and Dragic. I know they're back out there now, but kind of hurt Jimmy and made it put up all on his shoulders for up until this point of the point of the series. But looks like Lakers going to wrap it up here tonight pretty decisively. And what will that be? LeBron's fourth or fifth championship? Fourth? I think fourth. fourth yeah. But he's been to like eight. Something crazy like that. So for you, Chris, when does, if if he does, does LeBron ever pass MJ? No, he will, not, he will never because... Is that because you're a Bulls fan or, or, you know, objectively? I genuinely believe he'll never be the GOAT because no GOAT goes 500 and winning championships. That's my, my, that's my take. I, I think it's really impressive that he's gone eight, but... um to win only 500 of them. And I think the big killer is when he lost with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, potentially future Hall of Famers, to um, the Maverick team, um, which had no business being there at the time. Um, and then they beat a young OKC team. Like, there's a lot of, like, yeah, you can always go look back in history and point to, like, how he got the wins. But that loss specifically, I mean, he was in the middle of his prime. He was 28, 29 years old. He should have won that series. I don't care if it was the first year of the big three. That's just not me. Can't do it. I don't know. Like, I hate LeBron, and I, I despise the guy. I just don't like him because he wins too much. He's not my type of uh, not my type of player, I guess. I mean, if he's on my team, I love him, but obviously he's never been. He's always beat up my team. Uh, so I'm going to have a side with Chris here and the side that it's like if you take a test so many times, like eventually you're going to crack through over and over. Um, his hit rate isn't as great, but dominant player. And I, I think it's just like a, I don't know. I hate now how the NBA is the type of league where the players decide where they want to go. And then you can win a title with two guys. Like this Lakers team is it's Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and then a supporting cast of mm-hmm. whoever, and they get it done. Um, but yeah, I crush I'm signing with you here in the fact that after watching that uh Michael Jordan documentary and seeing firsthand, I guess, how how dominant he was. Like I, I don't feel like people fear LeBron, they just know he's really good. But Jordan, if he was there, you're you're taking a loss, no no doubt about it. Yeah, they put the fear in everyone, not even just like the players that were playing, like the bench, even going down to the water boy. That man had a drive to win and a drive to go through anyone that was trying to stop him to achieving that. I, I mean, LeBron's great in his own way, but it's not that kind of to quote like that or to go at like Kobe, that Mamba mentality of like the ferocity and just attacking your opponent and just beating them down. I don't think that's LeBron at by any means, um, which is not to say like the detriment. I just think when I think of GOAT, I think of the best player of all time. I think of someone that's, you know, head and shoulder, head and shoulders better than someone um, and just continually attacking them and succeeding at the highest level repeatedly over and over. And that's what Jordan did six years. And he could have done it personally, um, the two years that he missed out for the baseball. I mean, I will say that the teams that LeBron versus Jordan have had have kind of been skewed towards Jordan. Um, guys like Pippen and Rodman. LeBron's taken teams with, you know, Matthew Delvadova, Kyle Korver, uh, Jared Smith uh, to the finals. So, I mean... But I, I, I will add, like, I wouldn't discredit, like, Anthony Davis here. That guy could be a t- potential Hall well, yeah, this, this year, I, I would agree with you. Anthony also, Davis. Dwayne Wade. Like, then it goes back to the, the Mavs loss. Like, they had two Hall of Famers. I don't know what more you want with having Dwayne Wade, and he was, like, 31, 32 at the time, and Chris Bosh. And they're going to, like I said, 
both be Hall of Famers. I don't know what more you want out of them there. I'll give you like the 20, 2008 loss where he lost like the Spurs and he had no one. Like he had a really tall center. I forget the guy's name. Zadronis Ilgowskis. Exactly. Like, yeah, that that's a tough one. The year that Irving got injured, I want to say, and like everyone got injured. It was just basically him. Yeah, I get that. But like when Irving was playing, when AD, and he'll win here with AD, but that 2011, I think, loss against the Mavs, there's just no excuse for that. Yeah, no, but as Chris mentioned, I really haven't been um, in sync with a bunch of these games and the playoffs in general. I guess it's sort of, I guess, coming from the fact that when you have a team that's been so bad for so long, it's just you sort of put it on the back burner. It's like, okay, like maybe in five years the Knicks will be okay or the Bulls will be okay, but never seen what's going to happen. Um, I don't have any confidence it will happen. Uh, so not a lot to look, to look forward to there, but – LeBron gets title number four. Um, the rest of the league has to do something because I don't know what we're going to do. Um, but, hey, if the Warriors are healthy and they have a top pick. They could potentially go back. Yeah, they, they definitely could, have it. Are we going back to that storyline here? Just the uh, the Warriors versus LeBron? and then I hope not. I hope something spices up, whether it be, you know, another one of these, like, random teams like the Heat that just pops up and has a really good playoff. I think – this heat run was very specific to this year because I think with no fans, it's a lot like the YMCA or just like pickup games. I don't know if they would have been able to do it um, per se with all the fans there. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. I love the Duncan Robinson quote of a guy who played D D three basketball saying like, Oh, I'm used to playing without fans. Like it's no big deal. Um, I can thrive in these situations. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see one when the season starts next year, and then two, uh, I guess how it goes. Can anyone put a challenge up um, to the Lakers? Like obviously the Clippers will be able to. I hope the Warriors are able to. But the Eastern Conference as a whole, uh, Brooklyn, actually with uh, KD and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, it's a salt in the wound. Kyrie's Levert, T- salt in the wounds right there. They come to New York, just the wrong place. The the fake the fake New York. Um, the Trendy Greenpoint area, but uh, yeah, I think that's basketball. Um, the Lakers win, LeBron wins, no one else wins. <laughs> um, so I guess that wraps up the NBA. Yeah. Uh, Touch on. briefly into college football. Yeah, or not college football. Oh, like we can, but I call it basketball. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought you said. But anyway. Um, yeah, college basketball. Uh, not a ton of updates since we last spoke. Still the uh, November twenty fifth, like supposed like opening date, um, but a couple storylines for Nova as um, one of the Michigan player. I think it was Mo Wagner's brother, maybe uh, said in an interview like if they're playing Villanova in the, like, the opening tournament or whatever. Like um, so that could happen. That would be cool. Uh, hopefully not like the last Michigan game we saw. That was very very bad. Um, Hopefully more like the 2018 National Championship. But, hey, that'll be exciting. Um, the preseason tournaments are still going to be going on, which would be really cool. Uh, despite COVID, they're going to do, like, a, like a bubble-type thing with, like, six to eight teams. Uh, a lot of those tournaments should be very, very fun to watch. Um, Nova UVA is still on. Unfortunately, I doubt there will be fans. Um, that would have been really, really cool. Uh, two very powerful programs at the Garden in December – um, yeah, that's sad. I remember when Chris texted me when that game came out in like April, maybe. Yeah. Um, peak quarantine, COVID, like, oh, we can go to this game, like, 100%. And, yeah. Um, we're pretty much in the same boat. Uh, still playing a lot of golf and still not doing a lot of everything else. Right. Um, going back to that, uh, that Michigan, I, I heard that like they might be back. So that I think you're referring to that four man tournament. Yeah. I heard that they're backing out and that BC's coming into play now. I heard it was BC, Arizona State. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember seeing it. It wasn't like the greatest teams in the world. Yeah, so I, I, that'd be cool if we – I don't know if – was Michigan's – were you referring to Michigan for that game or for that series or is it just like an regular – or a one-man? Uh, I will see. I did hear what you heard, Chris. I think Michigan might be dropping out of the tournament. Yeah, I, I saw that. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but um, I, I know 
I thought it was BC that filled their shoes, which would be a little bit, you know, not as not as fun. But I don't know who would be playing first first game of the series. As I try to look this up. Yeah, I remember seeing that as well. But uh, this I can guarantee is correct because I actually looked this up. Um, so the Big East is going to start on December 11th or close to it with like a travel model, completely normal. And then if things go wrong, they might do a bubble after Christmas. Um, but it'll be really nice to see Big East basketball again. Uh, Creighton is going to be very good. Nova, as everyone knows, is going to be very powerful. But uh, Big East will be going strong again in December, which will uh, give us something to watch more home for like nine or ten week winter break. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I just looked it up. And I think, I think that Boston College is replacing NC State in the tournament. Yeah. The Eagles replace NC State in the tournament, and the other three will be Michigan, Villanova, and Baylor. So we could be playing Michigan game one, or one of the first games. Yeah, that'll be a lot better than BC. Um, BC, Notre Dame, uh, South Florida, as soon as they have the Big East, UConn, they're back now, but Syracuse, as soon as they left Big East for basketball, right down the toilet. <laughs> um, but UConn's back now, so they can be good again. Um, but, yeah, so uh, we'll be back. Uh, I saw that Andy Katz picked Colin Gillespie as, like, one of his top ten players for the uh, Naismith. What do you guys think of that? I love it. And I think he definitely has a chance. I think Luca Garza is a man amongst boys, and I think he deserves it after last year. I guess it wouldn't be a snub because Obi Toppin definitely deserved it, but he was right there with him. So I think Luca Garza's there, but, you know, love cat our cats being considered for being one of the best players in college basketball. Yeah, I will say that. I mean, it is a good pick because, I mean, Villanova does run through, you know, Gillespie. He is the face of Villanova basketball. Um, and if Villanova does as well as a lot of people are predicting, um, I think uh, it's a good good pick by uh, cats, which is something I don't often say. Yeah, no, as Chris mentioned, Luka Garza is uh, a force in the paint. And uh, John Gillespie at eight here with Marcus Zagorowski coming at seven and on Creighton. Uh, some other names, Sam Hauser, uh, the transfer from uh, Marquette, finally getting to play at UVA. Um, but, yeah, that's the interesting track. Uh, and another guy I guess we're really curious to see this year will be one seeing a healthy, hopefully ready to go Brian Antoine and a – Caleb Daniels coming off of the transfer year, which had a full year learning the system and uh, coming off two years ago, averaging over 20 points a game at Tulane. Yeah, I saw another list where Daniels, it might have been Katz that ranked like the best transfers coming in, is Daniels. Uh, Daniels was rated really high on that as well. So, you know, that's just phenomenal that we, we have such a deep roster. Now we add a 20 points per game score off the bench and you might even slide into the starting lineup if we uh go three man three guards um i think jay wright's gonna have a lot of create or creativity this year you know depending on matchups we could put swider in and kind of throw a little big bit of a bigger lineup at um some teams or we can go small ball and you know jay wright's perfected small ball right he uh is i think he's known for it around college basketball we could do a justin moore uh, well, Colin Gillespie, Justin Moore, and either a Daniels or Antoine three-guard lineup with Samuels and uh, JRE. So a lot of exciting options, a lot of exciting uh, starting lineups that we could throw at teams this year, which I don't think has been the case, per se, for the past two years. I think past two years, I think we've known what the lineups are, and they pretty they stay pretty you know, similar throughout the year. I think this year we could see – depending on who we're playing, some pretty drastic changes in the lineup. Yeah, I will say that, you know, with the loss of Sadiq Bay, something that Jay Royd has prided himself on has been, you know, going over defense. Um, and over the last few years, it's been very solid. But with that loss, I mean, I don't know who, who fills in his role as, you know, a lockdown defender. Um, so that'd be the, the one concern that I would have for going over this year is that we have the guard play. We have the roster flexibility. We have, you know, exciting uh, transfers, exciting guys coming back from injury, but it's – so the offensive end is not really something that I'd be worried about, but it's whether we can, you know, lock down opposing teams, number one, number two guys. Um, and so I'm curious what you guys think about, you know, or, you know how we're going to deal with the defensive side. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, it's one of the trademarks for another basketball. It's bounce passes, jump stops, three-pointers, and defense. 
Um, but I think they'll be able to pull it together. But I think this comes down to another point I was going to bring up is usually with these J Wright teams, you see significant imp- improvement from these players like over the summer, um, over the spring from just like being in the system, practicing a lot. But this year, obviously the weird circumstances, not being able to practice over the summer and then practicing now, I don't know what they're actually doing. Uh, how do we think this team is going to be able to gel and come together and, I guess guys like, say, Jermaine Samuels, like, is he going to take that next step forward and, like, really max out during his senior year? Justin Moore, you know, take the next step. JRE, is he going to be able to be a top 15 pick next year? How do you think these guys will be able to, uh, or how do you think they have been able to develop uh, with the adverse circumstances, I guess, they're facing? Well, I think it takes a lot of focus. You know, a lot of these guys are just really going um, from the gym back to, you know, lockdown in their, you know, apartments or their rooms. And, it does take a lot of discipline, especially as a college athlete, where you do have to, you know, develop a sense of a schedule and, a, you know, a work ethic that wouldn't be something you would have to necessarily have to that degree in years past. So I think the teams that um, do uh, end up like, playing very well this year will be a testament to their character and their, their work ethic. I do think that Jay Wright, Jay Wright's been around the game for a long time. He knows what needs to be done. I, all the comments in the world that, he has the guys in the right, you know, schedule, the right training um, regiments and all that stuff. And I think that, you know, if, if anyone's going to pull it off, it'll be Jay Wright, where it, it, the step back or the won't be as bad or, you know, the leap forward would be greater than we we, th- we think would be otherwise, even with lockdown. Yeah, I think um, the, the culture that Jay Wright's created here, um, we're talking about that winning culture. Uh, so I think to prepare for it, and they always talk about attitude and, you know, preparing for the worst. And this is definitely the worst, um, given you know how strict of regulations that they have to have and have to follow day in and day out. So you know I think the team that he's created has been prepared for this. Um, and to to go off that, I think the players being upperclassmen, um, not not a single new guy besides I guess Daniel's playing for the first time this year, but obviously not a new guy. Um, you know I think the team com- camaraderie. And just the being the elder, just having, I guess, the maturity um, and knowing to what what it takes to go put in and into an off season and into uh, the weeks leading up to the season definitely helps as we count down the days now to the opening tournaments. Yeah, no, it's definitely strange thinking. I was looking back last year. This time we hoops man already happened. We'd seen the team. We'd broken down everything. However, it looked. And this year, we really have no idea. And we won't know until that first tip-off. Um, but it'd be really great to see them back in the court. Uh, give Chris and I a winning basketball team to root for again. Uh, Lakers fan Mike over here is going to be celebrating his championship tonight, of course. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Cats will get back out soon enough. And, God willing, we can go to a game in the spring. Um, hopefully. I'm, I'm hopeful. I don't know. I think I, they'll do everything they like, possibly can uh, maybe get seniors out to – yeah. You know, a game or two. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to really try to get uh, some seniors out to a game. Um, I know Pennsylvania Steelers, obviously it's outdoors, but they have fans in the stands now. Uh, I think uh, we could get something going at Wells Fargo for just seniors and everything very socially distant and whatnot. Obviously no tailgate or whatnot, but to be able to go into a, a game to watch our cats one last time would definitely be cool here on campus. Yeah, it's funny. One of my friends, a uh, big Jets fan, uh, sorry for him, but he went to watch the Jets Colts game a couple weeks ago, and uh, being at a live sporting event was uh, even though the Jets got crushed, and even though they stink, was just a little bit different. Uh, and something I, I guess, I guess the last game we probably went to was going to the basketball game, right? Cause before baseball season and yeah. all that. But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, I'll be back soon enough, and the uh, the Cats will be ready to go, whether we are. Or not, but uh, NBA draft, I guess, Sadiq Bay will get picked eventually. Um, if he's not picked by the beginning of the season, can we just have him back? Exactly. I heard he was in Philadelphia this past weekend, so hopefully, yeah, I mean, I would love that. If he'd just be like, hey, let's get the draft. You can just return to us this year. Please and thanks. Win a national championship, and then, yeah, go make your millions out in the NBA. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, Chris got some NHL stuff here. Uh, Rangers number one pick. I uh, picked some guy who's supposed to be really good, whose name I can't pronounce. Lafreniere or Lafreniere. Yeah, my my French and Canadian 
not the best, but yeah, very happy as a Rangers fan. Didn't think we would get the number one pick, um, especially as a playoff team. But um, yeah, going to work out well. I think we have a lot of young guys on our roster with some very talented uh, leaders. Longquist, uh, unfortunately, going with the Capitals. Very sad as a Rangers fan. Uh, King Henry has been you know, a staple of Rangers uh, hockey at the Garden. Put up some big playoff games for us, uh, unfortunately, uh, leaving. But not a Capitals fan, but if any, you know, if I was going to for any guy on a, you know, a rival team, it'd be King Henry for what he's done for the city and for the Rangers. So hopefully he can get his uh, cup and uh, retire Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, I put down the Blackhawks, and I don't, I don't even think I want to get into it. They're tanking, but the guy that's leading the tank is terrible. He, uh, he wanted to – I don't know. There's a lot of, like, politics and things that go behind behind the scenes, and uh, it's just been a mess. And the players, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, came out not happy with the direction they're going. doesn't look good. It doesn't look promising when I return to Chicago next year for the, these Blackhawks, and I was hoping the opposite. But – um. Yeah, that's that's that. I, I have no interest in talking about the, the tanking Blackhawks because it might be a long rebuild um, ahead. But um, I guess after NHL, looking at, you know, soccer, we have an international break this week. Um, some big news signing before um, before this week was Thomas Party going to Arsenal. Um, 56-pound signing, I want to say. Um, so pretty, excuse me, 56 million pound signing. So a pretty big deal. Um, looks to be a great addition to this team. And I think he'll do, uh, do great things and get exactly what they want out of him um, in the coming years. I think the, re, the uh, transition from um, into Arteta's management has been phenomenal. And I, I think we're definitely, like I said, last podcast, top four quality. It'll be interesting to see Chelsea after international break. Uh, got some guys coming back from injury. Pulisic should be close to 100%. Uh, Zayev should be close to coming back and getting in the squad um, with his injury and his, you know, not ready for fitness. Um, we did uh, watch a few international games today. My uh, my Poland versus my Italy, uh, two of my teams played off uh, head-to-head. Uh, in classic fashion of my luck, both the game ended 0-0 with not one winner. Um, seemed to be, you know, the theme for my sports teams recently. But, yeah, it's good to see some international soccer, especially with, you know, COVID and uh, seeing these countries kind of go head-to-head. So, yeah, I don't know. It's cool to see, you know, shutdowns kind of ending and international stuff started happening again. So, Sean, yeah. what do you think about your uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers? Oh, uh, yeah, my, uh, my Wanderers had a great game uh, last Sunday. Uh, the Wolverhampton Wanderers took down Fulham, uh, 1-0, of course, not 1-0. Uh, Adama Traore, a great player. Raul Jimenez plays, he is a, good. plays a great pace. Um, he's got a – one of the soccer buzzwords can use here. Uh, he's great at throwing through balls on the pitch. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, so a couple weeks ago uh, and last week too, Logan and Mike have been watching a bunch of soccer and uh, some shocking calls and even more shocking reactions to the calls. But uh, – Always a lot of fun, but my Wolverhampton Wanderers, 13th in the Premier League, uh, best logo in the game, though, uh, with the wolf-looking thing. Yeah, uh, it's a wolf. How are Wolverhampton. You, but that's the thing. You're Wolverhampton. You're Wolverhampton Wolves. Like, is that taken? We just had to be the Wanderers? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, Wolverhampton Wolves would be kind of, yeah. I feel like if you say it, it's kind of redundant. Twist it up a little bit. So, you know, WW, Wolverhampton Wanderers, but you're not repeating the same word. And still got the cool logo, the cool background. So I think I think it works. I, I mean, hey, I mean, they're my squad. Uh, we're rolling with them. Um, how how low did Finch get kicked out of the Premier League? Bottom three. <laughs> oh, yeah, bottom three, yeah. Kicked out of the Premier League. And then the top three teams from the championship uh, get in. And it seems like the last couple of years, the teams that have been promoted, at least one or two of them end up going right back down. But I, I think you're both ran to Wanderers are pretty safe this year. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Good to hear. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo is leading the squad. Uh, they look great, and uh, their rival West Brom uh, has uh, not looked great. What do you think about you know all the all the Portuguese players they have on their team? It seems like he's building Portuguese <laughs> manager building a basically a full Portugal squad. Any takes on that? Do you think you like the direction they're going or what? <laughs> um, yeah, I really do. I think. Uh, uh, Pedro, Pedro Nito, 
is a <laughs> great addition to the squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I yeah. think it's smart, you know, get, get the <laughs> national players together. All the little, like most of their starting lineups Portuguese, so they have that bond. I think I think it's very smart. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Fabio Silva, a great head of hair. That's, that's all I got to say. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, on our last podcast, uh, uh, we had some great, great banter on talking soccer. And uh, I picked my team, the Wolverhampton Wanderers. We're rolling with them now. You're stuck with them now. Uh, hey, I get to root for you. Get to, you you get, get to root for them. You are yeah. stuck with Chelsea. Um, a terrible team. Uh, they wear blue and have to have Samsung on their jerseys. I agree. The, the three logo is actually disgusting. We've got. Mike uh, can attest to that. Three logo looks disgusting. I will say the three logo is not not the best, but I do like our the light blue uh, away uniforms. The best kits are Arsenal's away with the white and red stripes going through it. I think that's each their own, but you know, I think a great look for a team that's not very good. I guess it's good that Arsenal has some good uniforms to make up for their play. Now I love the Wolverhampton Wanderers um, mask celebration. Do you know this was a thing? I did not. Would you like to let <laughs> me on that? Um, yeah, apparently uh, Raul Jimenez, uh, our, our great player, uh, wears a mask. Apparently, when he scores. That's cool. Who knows? I knew that. I didn't know that. So fun fact of the day. There we go. Sean's fun fact, soccer fun fact of the day. You're gonna have to work really hard for the next one. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I guess that uh, that's talking soccer. Uh, my favorite player now, uh, Raul, Raul Jimenez. Uh, there we go. Twenty nine year old from Taipei, Mexico. Um, he's a forward. Nice. It's a good favorite player to have. Very hard worker. I'm sure. And uh, I can guarantee now, since I said this, Mike or Chris is going to pull him in a pack in FIFA. And he's <laughs> going to lead them to a championship. So uh, that's my guy, Raul Jimenez. Um. I think that wraps everything up. Yeah. Uh, anything we missed? No, I think good show. Good second show. Back to the, the normal Sunday time. So fun stuff. Back to normal Sunday time. Hopefully, um, well, I, if we can't hear ourselves here, we just need to give up. <laughs> um, but no uh, no really strong mics here. Mike, we, we threw Mike's microphone away and just using one uh, to make sure we don't have any interference like last time. Uh, but yeah, it went really well. Uh, great show. Um, we got to talk about our wonderful teams. Uh, Mike, especially with his Lakers and his Astros. Um, maybe right. maybe he's picking. He was going to pick up the Seahawks. They're not looking great right now, so he's he's leaning more towards the uh, the Packers, I guess. As yeah, my close friends can attest to. Uh, you know that I've been a Packers fan for quite a while, Chris. You know I've been a Packers fan for quite a while. So yeah, our team looking very good this year. Rogers back to his old self. Yeah, I think my Packers, my Astros, my Lakers. You know. Could could be the could be the three the three P. Hey, it could be, um, but yeah. So we'll be back next week sometime. Uh, this podcast will be up on Spotify, all your major streaming platforms. Uh, we can do sponsorships, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Maybe uh, our little Antonella shout out. But yeah, mm-hmm. who knows? But uh, yeah, this has been uh, Wendy Apple Sports Talk for uh, Mike and Chris. I'm Sean signing off, and uh, yeah, have a great week. Peace and go Cats.